behind the springs. I don't really know why this is happening, but we seem to have an issue with the with wiener dogs. An inside look at your local government. I'm Those not pesky kidding. wiener dogs. Colorado Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you know about Pikes Peak, America's Mountain. And chances are you have some kind of connection to it. Maybe you've hiked it or taken your friends and family for a drive up the Pikes Peak Highway. Or you just love the view of it from your house or your office or your favorite hike. Today, we're focusing on the summit and the brand new complex that will greet visitors and locals at the very top. We're so excited to have Sandy Elliott here. She is the operations administrator for Pikes Peak America's Mountain. Sandy, thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. What in the world does operations administrator mean? Well, all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Uh, <laughs> primary duties are budget, marketing, advertising, but I dabble in a lot of other things. And I'm also project manager for the Summit Complex as well as fundraising. Wow. And so this is an exciting time. This is a magnificent time. So it's yeah. a project we started in 2012, believe it or not, was when our first meeting was. So to see progress and walls going up, it's pretty exciting. And what is the project for, for uh, people that don't know what you're talking about? Right. So we are building a new visitor center on the top of Pikes Peak America's Mountain. So it's going to be a whole new experience for anyone who has visited in the last 60 some years. Um, come up next year, check it out, and you'll have a whole new experience awaiting you. Next year, that's exciting to be able to say next year. Yes, it's Yay. it's right around the corner at this point. This year seems like it flew by. It, yes, absolutely. It's still flying. <laughs> and are walls literally up, Sandy? Or is it? Yes, because it's, it's hard to know what's happening all the way up there. Yeah, so walls are actually going up and so are structural steel. So you can see the cranes from Colorado Springs. If anyone's wondering what those cranes are doing, they're putting up the new walls and putting up structural steel. So it's really exciting. Oh, gotcha. I got to so look up more often. Maybe I'll see some cranes in the sky. You might be able to spot them. How old is the original uh, Summit House complex? Well, the existing Summit House was built in early 1960s, around 1963. So. Wow, so this is a much-needed upgrade. Much needed. Uh, it's uh, The new facility is going to be um, about three times larger than the existing facility. It's going to offer brand new amenities. It's going to be ADA compliant. The entire summit is going to be accessible to all guests, regardless of age or abilities. So brand new experience. Very, uh, very modern. And we have one of these mountains that we take for granted, right? Because a lot of these 14ers, you can't get up there uh, with a highway like we have. So can you talk a little bit about the highway and how valuable it is and the city actually, what the city's role is with the highway? Sure. So Pikes Peak is actually, we're an enterprise of the city of Colorado Springs. Enterprise means we don't receive any of the general fund tax dollars. Um, we sustain ourselves from the toll revenues. Um, so we've operated since 1948 um, with a permit with the U.S. Forest Service. So since 1948, the city of Colorado Springs has done the operation of the Pikes Peak Highway. It's a 19-mile roadway to the summit of Pikes Peak. Um, it's actually the only roadway that goes to the top of a 14er. Mount Evans is very close, but uh, you actually have to hike that last little way to get to the very summit of uh, the top of Mount Evans. So, Well, and that's why there's some uh, some cool things like the uh, 
the, the Pikes Peak Race. Uh, give me the name of it. It's escaping me. It's the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. That's right, the Hill Climb, um, and why it's it's such an awesome uh, event because this is the only one that goes to the top of a 14er, like you were saying. We always like to bring on guests and ask them, what got you to the position that you're in today? So where are you from originally? Are you a Colorado native, hashtag native? Or uh, did you move here? What got you into the job that you're in right now? Uh, so I am a Colorado native. Ooh, uh, do you have a sound effect for that? <laughs> so uh, born in Colorado Springs, um, grew up in Canyon City. Um, moved to back to Colorado Springs uh, right after high school. Um, started my city career in the procurement department as a contracting specialist. And opportunity knocked, and I ended up on Pikes Peak uh, almost 10 years ago. So, Well, and tell us, do you have any personal story of why the mountain is so important to you from when you were younger? From when I was younger, it was uh, always a place where we visited with the family. Um, I'm one of six kids, so finding staycations were important to my family, going somewhere that was close and affordable. Um Fun fact, my grandfather actually raced for the Sanborns in the hill climb in 1963. He was one of their race car drivers. So it's a very small world, that mountain. Um, (laughs) So everything everything comes back to my mountain. So Right. And so you've got to have some funny stories just about crazy things. I know I've talked to your staff before that have happened up on the highway, right? With tourists and locals alike what what's one of your favorites or what's a story that stands out to you in terms of what's happened up there, on that highway there's a lot of stories to tell there's fun exciting things um fast and furious 7 was filmed on the mountain so that That's was right. a very unique experience great movie it was uh, <laughs> it was great to see our mountain in that video, you know, we knew right from where we started and where we ended. So we were very excited. It was a lot of hard work. And effort. now correct me if I'm wrong. It's the scene where uh, where they're parachuting. Correct. Out of the vehicles out of the onto wow. the mountain. <laughs> you are correct. It's uh, <laughs> nice, Ted. Yeah. So we've had some really exciting events that, uh, you know, always come to mind. Um, tourists, uh, tourists are unique. We value them every day. Um, I actually worked recently over the weekend I was in the gateway and one of the guests came through and he brushed his teeth the whole time he talked to me so uh, a little bit of humor there you have to you have to (laughs) chuckle um so but uh people feel laid back when they're headed up the highway where where did he spit I don't know I don't don't understand that yeah luckily not at Sandy (laughs) thank god but still I'm just thinking in your car what do you anyways uh any any other fun stories of of people that you've come across I know you don't always uh uh, stand at the gate, but um, any other fun stories from from some people coming through? You know, I, I think the most memorable stories for me are the guests that come up and they've never seen snow or they've never driven high altitude, um, terrified of driving the highway because they hear all these stories and having them follow back up with me and go, that was the best time ever. Those are the most memorable to me. Um, the kids that got to see the bighorn sheep, um, kids taking pictures with Bigfoot because they're so excited and, you know, we've had, we have Bigfoot. And so it, it's just those unique experiences where they light up and you see they have this whole new brand new world opened up to them. Those are the most memorable for me. So you did capture Bigfoot to get him up there. No, we only, we only saw him, took his picture and then created a, created Ted. a sculpture. Out of course. Uh, maybe I got to get up there more often is what it sounds like. <laughs> I got to go find Bigfoot now. You need your own photo. That's selfie. true. <laughs> That's your true. Selfie. Yeah. So let's talk about the new Summit Complex and um, a little bit about construction at 14,000 feet. Like, I know that that is no small task, and I know people are 
you know, some folks who know it's already being constructed are like, come on, come on already. We want that summit complex done. But your window for opportunity in terms of construction is small because of the weather, obviously. And then there's altitude. So these guys are building at a place where it's hard to just breathe. It is definitely one of the most challenging projects, I think, that most people will ever participate in for those construction workers. Um, kudos to the the general contractor, GE Johnson, and all their subs. They're doing a great job up there. We can't build in the traditional sense. You can't just pour concrete up there. Um, you lose temperatures, and getting the concrete there in the trucks, you know, it, it's a challenge. So they've come up with very strategic plans on precasting the walls here in Colorado Springs, doing a lot of the a lot of the assembly work here, trucking it up, and then just installing it on the top. It's 19 miles of roadway that has twists and turns, and it's very tight. So it's a well-coordinated dance when you have you know, precast panels going up, you have structural steel, all the deliveries for the other materials, the construction workers, and keeping it safe. We also have tourists. We, we're open every day. We have guests coming up. So, you know, the this balance of getting work done during peak tourist season, which is also prime construction season. Um, Mother Nature has thrown us some wicked curveballs this year. Last year it was very mild, and this year we've had some good snows um, in the early spring, high winds, and all of those things prevent us from putting in full-time up there building. So, like There was snow in the late spring and early summer, it right. seemed like, up there. So uh, it must be, must be quite the juggling act. Where can people go to stay up to date on the construction that's happening? I know I saw an awesome video, I think it was from G.E. Johnson, of recent uh, um, talking about the different hurdles that they're uh, that they're experiencing and getting over a building 14,000 feet in the air. But uh, where can people easily go and, and stay up to date with what's going on? Sure. You can go to our website, which is pikespeakcolorado.com, all one word. Um, and on there, there's a, there's a link on the left-hand side that says Summit Complex. All of the project info, newsletters, um, the videos themselves, um, all of that information is on the website. We try to keep it all up to date. Every time we have a new post, we try to provide that info so it's all current. And those videos are awesome. So worth um, checking out. So if you have time to go online, check those out. And we'll be right back after a few seconds with more um, with Sandy Elliott. Thank you for listening to Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, like, and subscribe to this podcast. Did you do it yet? Come on, you know you want to. Never miss an episode. Now back to Jen and Ted. Just kidding, still me. Did you do it yet? Just click the little button. Want to know a secret? Ted and Jen's lives depend on it. Grab your phone and just do it. Unless you're driving, then wait. Okay, last thing, seriously. Just rate, like, and subscribe. You're loving this podcast, right? Of course you are. What are you waiting for? Follow us on social media at City of COS and check out our website, coloradosprings.gov. We're here with Sandy Elliott. We're so glad you're listening. And she's giving us some great information about Pikes Peak, America's Mountain, and the new Summit Complex, which is under construction. Sandy, um, we want to talk a little bit about um, getting up to the top of the mountain, which Ted has yet to do recently, correct? Yeah, not not of recent. I, I have been up there. I've actually been up there with city council members as oh, well. Okay. So you may have helped us that day. Um, and I think we talked about Fast and the Furious maybe that day too. But um, talk to people that haven't been up there or just haven't been up there in a while that are now curious from listening to our uh, our widely acclaimed podcast, Behind the Springs. Um, 
tell them how to get up the mountain right now. What are the easiest ways? What are different things that you can do? So the easiest way is to actually drive the Pikes Peak Highway. So um, you cannot drive your personal vehicle all the way up to the top, though. Uh, Due to the construction, we're very, very constrained on parking up on the summit. So we are offering complimentary shuttles. Those shuttles are running out of several locations on the mountain. And guests can drive up to, so most guests want to drive as far as they can, get as close to the summit as they can. So we get them up to 16 Mile, which is Devil's Playground, and then they hop on a short shuttle ride for three miles to get up to the summit, enjoy the summit, take in the gift shop, eat some donuts, and then hop on a shuttle and come back down. So. And what have you heard from people that have, have been doing the shuttle? Is this something that, that, that they're enjoying? Was there maybe a little bit of frustration that you couldn't drive all the way up, but then people go, actually, this is pretty easy? Yeah. A lot of folks don't understand until they actually see the summit and see all the construction, why we're doing the shuttles. Um, So once they get up there, they're like, I totally get it. So most guests, you tell them it's a short three mile shuttle ride. They're more than happy to hop on that shuttle and head up. A lot of guests don't want to drive up in those switchbacks. And so they stop at one of the other shuttle options, which is Glen Cove area, 13 mile. And they love it. They get to see the sights and not have to be focused on the drive or worrying about their brakes. So. And then I know we don't overlook the cog, but uh, can you quickly hit on uh, on what the most recent news is on um, on the cog being reconstructed? Yeah, the cog railway is actually they've they've started their construction project and they are currently scheduled. They want to reopen in spring of 2021. And I want to be clear, we do not run yeah. the cog railway. No, the some cog, people get confused. Yeah, the cog is a private entity. So okay. Well, and that'll just be something fun as well to do once that summit complex is done in 2020, and then in 2021, if you're coming up for the summertime, then uh, then that's another way to ride up there. Last thing, um, when the summit summit complex is finished, uh, will people again be able to drive all the way up to the summit? Yes, absolutely. That's that's our goal. Um, looking forward to having everyone drive back up to the summit. That's all part of the experience. And Ted, don't forget, you can hike to the summit. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. me. Um, the, the last last show, we, we got on me for not golfing. Um, I do like hiking, but... Uh, not quite that far. Yeah, let's just say when I did go up to the summit house, I was thinking... I might have to open up Ted's Oxygen Barn here or something. Just a nice oxygen place that you can go and, and settle down and, and really enjoy the, the views. So anybody listening, please don't steal my idea. Right. Um, I'm thinking oxygen tanks for people walking around. I'm sure no one's <laughs> but, ever thought of that. <laughs> okay, know. so next up, I want to talk about um, some money, honey, because the yeah. summit complex is um, – Expensive. It's a massive undertaking. Uh, Most of the funding has already been secured, right, Sandy? Correct. So it's a $60 million construction project. And Pikes Peak, the enterprise, we have uh, put up $15 million. And then we were also able to secure $30 million in bonds. So $45 million came from the enterprise. Um, And then we started a $15 million fundraising campaign uh, late last year. And as of today, we're halfway there. So awesome. Okay, so that last little bit, which I know isn't super little, but it is comparatively to that large price tag, um, folks can contribute right now, right? Anyone can. Absolutely. So end of July, we launched the My Mountain campaign. It's the opportunity for everyone to get involved. Um, One thing we're really proud of is uh, the donor wall. We're going to have a donor wall. And regardless of the dollar value, your child comes and empties their piggy bank. As long as you fill out the form... Their name goes on that wall, so there's a digital component. So it's a part; it's a way to become part of the mountain, where America's mountain. So it's not just going to be the big, huge donors on that wall. It's everyone that contributes. 
That's so, so cool. So people can go up and see their name. That's awesome. Yeah, and there, it's going to be searchable. Um, we're developing an app as well, so there will be opportunities and a, a lot of new fun things coming up. So Oh, that's awesome. Moving on to the next subject, sustainability is a big thing. Uh, talk about what steps the the peak is taking to to be sustainable going into the next generation. Yeah, we want to we want to do our part. It's important. You have 600,000 people coming on the mountain and when the cog starts running again, we're going to be close to a million people coming up every year. So how do we reduce that footprint? Um, the new building is going to be uh, LEED certified and LEED is <laughs> I, I got you, but no, no, I got her before she, I, I know she was trying to skirt it. I was. <laughs> and I had to hit you with the acronym alarm. What's the lead? Uh, leadership <laughs> in energy and environmental design. So so there. that's a, a certification you can obtain or? That's a certification. Okay. We, um, it's a, because of our partner, U.S. Forest Service relationship, we're looking for a minimum of lead silver. Of course, we're going to try to go up to gold or platinum level. Um, and then we also took on a really unique challenge. It's called Living Building Challenge, or LBC. Well, oh, I'm not yeah. even going to hit you with the, al- the alarm because, yeah, she, she, she got it out. So I wasn't quick on the trigger. So and, what is uh, LBC? LBC takes um, initiatives one step farther. So LEAD is, you know, you meet these requirements, you check the box, you obtain your certification. LBC is much more aspirational. There's a lot of audit requirement it, requirements, and it's post-occupation. So net zero water, net zero energy, um, putting together materials that uh, don't harm the environment. So there's a whole list of what they call red list items, things that we take for granted every day, like PVC. We, we cannot use PVC, this volatile um, material, in the building construction, so we have to look at alternatives. Um, using reclaimed wood, um, repurposing items where um, employee lockers are actually going to be repurposed from a school that was being demolished. So um, doing our part not to create more waste and reduce the amount of waste, um, it, it's, it's quite aggressive. Um, it'll be two years before we know if we obtain that certification just due to the occupancy requirements as well as the audit requirements. But it also looks at um, the employees that work there, the guests that are there, making sure there's natural light, lots of windows, healthy healthy environment, um, being able to breathe the fresh air um, as opposed to being locked in a bunker. So. Right. That's awesome. Making a smaller footprint. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, the other thing about the smaller footprint or not using PVC or, or these kind of what people might think of as normal uh, building materials down here on ground level. Uh, talk about some of the, the different things that you guys have had to look at for the weather that you guys get up on up on the peak. I know that there was special windows that you guys are looking at and all of this. So not only a, a two party question for you. Not only what are some of the uh, interesting uh, building materials that you guys have had to, to choose, also for people that don't realize it or don't look up, what is some of the weather, the craziest weather that the peak ends up getting? It's the wind. The wind is the wind, insane. The wind, yeah. The, you know, you can't, you can't overlook it. 30, 35 miles an hour here in Springs is one thing. But when you're up at 14,000 feet, there's no trees. There's no buildings. And so that wind really whips around. Um Wind can pick up pieces of gravel and throw it into your windshield. The air pressure can, you know, with that rock hitting your window, you can actually break a window. Um, So we've designed a building that sits very low profile um, into the side of the mountain. So the winds flow over it. We did wind flow analysis. We did snowfall analysis. Um, Winds can be well above 200 200 miles per hour. So 
when you get winds that high, um, it can cause damage. So we looked at shutters to put shutters on some of the windows. And if you've seen the design, it's a big window up in front. Um, that's been one of our biggest challenges. So we're doing some testing on windows um, to make sure that they can withstand the wind, but also make sure that the design is done right, that little pieces of dirt and gravel don't chip away at the view and those windows, reducing our, our uh, replacement costs. And that's right. hurricane force hurricane winds um, on, a, on a pretty regular basis, too. So uh, this isn't something like you you can see on radar hurricanes coming. Obviously, you guys might know, oh, it's going to be a little bit windier than usual, but this is hitting you guys relatively uh, on a regular basis. Do you have any uh, of your craziest weather stories personally from the people? Or just your crew. I know they've Yeah, or the crazy. crew. Yeah, you know, our guys are, I think they're a little on the crazy side. Um, <laughs> I love them all, but. Uh, well, you have to be if you're working <laughs> over 14,000 feet. Right. They they plow snow in some of the craziest conditions and the deepest snow drifts. And, you know, we were talking 16, 17 foot drifts that they're up there with their equipment doing their thing. Um, they have what's called a false edge where, you know, the snowpack is so deep you think you're you're still on ground and then you feel, okay, not really. So it's a false edge and I, they're, they're fearless. They have to be. Um, the, the snow that comes in, um, some days it's 60 degrees, 70 degrees, sun shining. And then we get up the next morning and we have two and a half, three feet that we have to plow and, and get ready for guests. And, um, I, I think some of the craziest weather is it's 85 degrees here in Colorado Springs, um, absolutely beautiful, and it's snowing, and we're shutting down the mountain and trying to get people off safely. So it's the dynamics, whether you're at Colorado Springs elevation and then you get up above that tree line, and it's a whole different world. And you can get there so fast that it seems impossible that it would be so different, but it is. Yeah, most people show up in shorts, um, which, <laughs> uh, which, and I always recommend warm layers. You know, come up, take a jacket. Um, we had a group uh, that was up here the other day. They were from Florida. They were in flip-flops and shorts, and it was 41 degrees on the summit. And so when Those I... are some chilly photos that yes. you're taking outside. Well, it's its own weather system, basically, right, right. up there. We think weather's crazy enough down here. just seems insane up on the up on the peak. And then what you were saying with the snowplow drivers, I can't imagine that. And they must know the switchbacks like the back of their hand. They are they're remarkable. Uh, I have the utmost respect for those guys um, doing what they do, making sure that the guests get to get up there and have that experience and experience that that level of snow and it's a small crew um you know we have a very small crew operating all of our equipment up there and kudos to them they 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 deserve all the credit a lot of hard-working people to uh to allow you to go enjoy a nice day with your family so always remember the people that are up there uh working to keep it such a nice uh, nice destination and and probably our number one tourist destination in our area and we know you're one of those people so thank you sandy for yes. all the work you do we're Sucks. excited <laughs> We're so excited about the Summit Complex and all that's happening. Uh, but Please the other go to thing, that website. Can you give it one more time? Yes. Pikes. Sure. Our website is pikespeakcolorado.com. And then awesome click on photos. Summit Complex. Yeah. Awesome photos. Awesome video. Got to check it out. But Jen, we got something else pretty big coming Another up for the city, event. right? So I'm going to give you oh. music because this is really, this is our only big event coming up relatively soon. So tell the people Okay, people. The next thing coming up is the Mayor's State of the City Address. Oh, boy. That gets multiple air horns. Thank you, Ted. I appreciate that. 
Um, the Mayor's State of the City is September 12th. And you can watch it if you have time. It is during the lunch hour, um, right around noon. You can watch it live on our Facebook page, which is City of COS or Mayor of COS. We'll both be broadcasting that speech live. If you're not able to watch it that day, it will be rebroadcast on Springs TV, which is CenturyLink and Comcast Channel 18. And it'll also be available on our website, ColoradoSprings.gov. So you can really get an idea of some of the highlights from the last year. Mayor will talk about that um, and some of the challenges that we're facing as a city um, and just, you know, how how great things are going, I think, for Olympic City USA. I would say they're going very well, especially when we have things like the Summit Complex that's that's getting done. There's a lot of uh, great movement uh, throughout our city and with our enterprises. Um, Sandy, I want to thank you very much for coming on and speaking with us. Is there anything else that you, any parting gifts for our, our uh, mass amount of listeners? Well, I would say get involved, um, whether it's a summit complex or another initiative within the community. Get involved. Become part of what makes our community so great. Uh, to learn more about how to get involved with the summit complex, you can go to coloradosprings.gov and then slash summit giving. There's lots of ways to give. Perfect. Well, get out there, volunteer, just like we've talked about with our, our previous episodes. And I did say that Richard Scorman was going to be on this episode. And I full transparency, I'm a liar. He's going to be on the next one. So I, I jumped one episode ahead, but um, but he will be on soon, and we'll we'll talk some some council matters the next go around. So thank you very much for listening in again to another great edition of Behind the Springs. <laughs> <laughs>